Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddy, Jason, the gunslinger from Westworld. But who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the terror. The ones who didn't get to tell their tales. Now, it seems like small upstart businesses have been a theme here on My Neighbors Are Dead. Really what it takes to commit to something and really believe in yourself and sell your wares. Even if those wares seem to be pretty single-minded. But this week's guest tells me why that isn't always the case. A lot of aircraft-related death that I've experienced this week. I just got a, a, a pub trivia question wrong about who uh, Waylon Jennings. Who did Waylon Jennings give up his seat to on the plane crash that killed Buddy Holly? Was it? Probably wasn't Richie. Was, was it Bopper? Was it? Big it Bopper? was Big Bopper. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was Richie Valens, but no, made yeah. to look a fool in front of everybody <laughs> at the farmers market in the Grove. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, talking to Alex Fernie. Thanks for doing this, man. My pleasure. Uh, we were just talking about the Grove and you teaching kids, tutoring kids. Yeah. 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 Uh, SAT tutoring, so nothing useful. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I took the SATs. No? I took the ACTs. ACTs yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Michigan. Yep. Just outside of Detroit. And Col- I knew I was going to go to college and state. Yeah. This was years ago, but uh, the when, when I first moved out to LA, but the the way of it was the coasts in general took the SATs. Yeah. And the further away you got from the ocean, the more likely you were to take the ACT. That was to go out of state, right? SATs? Is that uh, I don't... I, I there, There's no purpose or rhyme or reason. Like, it, they were yeah. just, you know... We had to profit. take the fucking Michigan... Or the MEEP test, too. Never heard of the MEEP test. The Michigan Educational Event. It doesn't like sound that. real. It was a pain. Happened like twice a year. It was really, really annoying. Yeah. Um, but we no longer have to deal with that crap. No, we don't. Because we're adults mm-hmm. and we can do whatever we want. Nothing standardized. That's right. <laughs> no more standardized tests. Uh, Alex, this being, you know, a horror show, mm-hmm. or we try to make it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Are you into horror at all? Is it something you like or? Yeah, I do. Like, I have certainly have friends who like. Love it like uh um my wife's old roommate Peter is like uh like loves especially like schlock horror huge oh, fan yeah. um mm-hmm. you know Cannibal Holocaust original poster on the wall um but like I do like horror movies but I probably am a little picky about it yeah. um I I tend not to like uh uh, uh the the more or how do I say the, the 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 less mean it is the more I like it like I get bored oh, okay. by ones that are just like yeah, I dare you to watch this. Like a saw kind of thing. Yeah, that right? does nothing for me, and I just yeah. get bored. But then I <clears throat> love, uh, you know, the the witch or oh, it follows yeah, I love that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is 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 things I really like. Um, and I also really am like, as a kid, I loved watching old ones, and I loved like the mm-hmm. Universal monsters, and I I still those movies are so fun. And They're so great. Good. I love them, and I, I'll forget a couple of years ago. Uh, like every Halloween, we'll have people over and just watch like three or four horror movies in a row. Uh, yeah. And like I think two years ago, we normally start with one of those old ones just as people are showing up. And then right. we, we watch Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And in my mind, it had it was not good. It was like one of those like <laughs> schlock, like you see, yeah. like it's just one of those silly ones with nothing. And I still remember uh, uh, Will Hines was over, who was uh, one of your recent guests. Yeah. Not a very good one. He did a bad job. I um, think that's probably right. Yeah. He, yeah. Very, he talked a lot of shit at the top of the episode and then he just really <laughs> did a bad job. But um, 
uh, and I remember him just going, wait, fuck, is this good? Because uh, we were all kind of like half paying attention, and then the movie just yanked us into it. Yeah. And like, I love that like, Invisible Man 2 is so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tend to like horror movies where, in addition to being scared, there are moments you laugh, either out of fear or out of like legitimate yeah. like, like jokes and stuff. So you found the uh, Universal Monsters as, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they used to like. I, I just, I'm not sure why. I, I think like I loved comic books and stuff, and I think there was something about this, like, oh, the Universal Monsters, and they're all right. this thing, and yeah. And I think I just like really liked that, and I think I probably also really liked that each of those movies, the good ones b- before it started, like heading towards Abbott and Costello, even though yeah. I do love Abbott and Costello in those movies, but uh, had like just felt different mm-hmm. in a way. Like when you watch that Dracula movie. You know, it is it, it is abstraction at certain points, like the sets, and it's so stagey yeah. and beautiful and, and wonderful. And then it's wildly different than Invisible Man, which is like fun, like kind of a fun, goofy romp. And there's all these bumbling Keystone cops who just like <laughs> right. keep fucking up trying to get the Invisible Man. Yeah. Uh, and I think I really liked that, and I still do, that it isn't what... When they try to do, they try to do Dark Universe, whatever they called it, when they tried to relaunch oh, those. Oh, yeah. And I did not go see that Mummy movie. Um, that was, yeah, because they redid Dracula, right? They did Dracula, like, Rising or right. something like and that? Then the and then they're like, forget it, forget it. And then Tom Cruise's Mummy was supposed yeah. to be the real launch. And it was, you could tell, even just from the trailers, like, no, it didn't, it, this is not going to work. Because we don't want a, the appeal of the Mummy isn't, okay. She's a sexy mummy who can summon, <laughs> right. you know, who can destroy London and be like, no, it's just a dude right. who's creeping around and is going to kill one person. And that, that, you know, that's more, yeah. and anyone who gets in his way, but that, he doesn't want world domination. He's yeah. just doing this one thing. And I think that is like great and interesting and creepy and helps justify why the whole world isn't like, are you fucking kidding me, mummies? <laughs> right. You know, just sort of like, I don't know, yeah. might have just been a dude. There's no yeah. way to prove it. And that always like stuck with me. I remember quite liking the Brendan Fraser yeah. mummy movies. The Indiana Jones version. Yeah, they yeah. were great. They that's, were super fine. fun. And it wasn't even going for horror. It was doing a totally different thing. Yeah. And so I was like, I have no problem with that. Just like a kind of like a, a goofy serial Indiana Jones play. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I, I mean, not that I forget, but I... I don't know how controversial this is going to be, but I quite like Brendan Fraser. He's great. I think he's very fun to watch. Universal Monsters again in Gods and Monsters. Did you yeah. see that? He is so good in Gods and Monsters. And, you know, it's in his wheelhouse, like kind of like dumb hunky dude. But <laughs> right. uh, like that movie is very, very good. And he is very, very good. And he is so charming. When There was that interview last year that everyone was passing around uh, where he's just like kind of very honest and like he knows what's up. And it's just like, yeah, man, I want you to be successful. Yeah, like, I want more of him. He's great. I can uh, remember the first uh, 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 horror movie. Like, there was one horror movie that scared me so bad that, like, into my 20s, I would have nightmares even after I'd seen it again. Oh, wow. And it was when I was eight or nine at a, I, I watched Night of the Living Dead, the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. And the ending of it burrowed into my subconscious in a way that, like, no horror movie really? ever has. The ending when the, 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 bleak as hell ending when he looks up out the window and they shoot him because uh, they assume he's a zombie <laughs> right. uh yeah. i couldn't shake i would have nightmares yeah so, well I, i'd seen it again I, I was like an adult i knew like not just as a kid and it would still get me yeah. in the middle of the night which is crazy. also it was not the zombies i was like got it yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like yeah. jesus he survived all those zombies and these fucking rednecks shot him in the goddamn head. Yeah. Like that like killed me. The end of Easy Rider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those bleak, mm-hmm. awful, like, oh, shit. 
nothing really matters. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. We watched that whole thing. It could have yeah. just been like, yeah. zombies came and here's the house where everybody's dead. Like, that's the story. Like, there's no <laughs> right. arc to it. Uh, so talk to me a little bit. Did horror, did any of that stuff like influence, I don't know, performing or any aspect of, of that growing up or anything you got into? Not really. Like, I would say, you know, in terms of movies and that sort of thing, I, I do think, like, I think a lot about just from performing comedy and, 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 and directing a lot, I, I do think a lot about just sort of like rhythm and timing as a result um, of that. And I do think that horror is the closest thing to comedy in general yeah. um, because you're sort of eliciting very similar reactions with very similar rhythms. Um, and so like, I think about that a bunch of just being like, okay, great. You know, you, you tweak one thing from, whatever you want like from it follows and mm -hmm. it is a it is a comedy absolutely you, right it's really just the reactions to it that's it and you don't have to change anything else because beat for beat the structure of it the the payoffs it's always about you know comedy is about either uh uh, uh fulfilling or denying expectation and horror does that same thing right like you fulfill or deny it. and good horror right catches you with something coming <clears throat> from the frame that you don't expect mm -hmm. or builds the dread when you see that dark doorway and you know something's coming through it. Um, and that's the exact same thing I think is comedy theme, like the Mr. Show sketch where uh, I forget which actor it is, but he keeps like tumbling into that goddamn shelf of all the little... Oh, the uh, Mount Everest story. The Mount Everest story. <laughs> like, it, it's not a shock the second time it happens, right? No. But like, that is the doorway that you know it's coming through. Right. But it's all about that expectation versus, you know, the unexpected punchline, the thing that gets you off guard, which is the sort of the jump scare, that, that sort of thing, the, 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 the dread versus jump scare. And I think it's very similar in, in, in comedy in a lot of ways. But it's not like I set out to be if i'm if i'm you know performing or or, or anything going like ah yeah i'm gonna structure right this reveal as as they did in in, in yeah. such and such a movie but i do find them very enjoyable also because i think it's uh even having said all that i don't watch a ton of comedy movies um although did you see book smart it's very good uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I gotta see that. Real fun, but I I do like horror movies because it's something I can't do, you know. Like so, when it does right. work, I'm like, oh wow, that's that's magic to me. I get how you can pull a laugh, but like when someone can make a horror movie that works, and, right. and like if I watch the thing, which is one of my favorite movies, I'm like, I don't even know how you have the confidence to know that <laughs> right. this is going to work when you put it together. Because I would be like, I have no. This idea. might be dumb as hell. Like, yeah. but then it does. Uh, what do you prefer uh, more, directing or performing? Oh, there's nothing stressful about performing, so it would have to be performing, right? Okay. Like that. That's yeah. that's fun. That's like my release. Like there's two things I do that sort of help keep me sane, and one is performing, and the mm -hmm. other is playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Let's like, talk about that. Yeah, they both mellow me out in a way because they're yeah. like, you know, I can just go do an improv show, do some uh, a weird bit, and that's like satisfying to me, and I make the audience laugh, and that helps keep me sane in Hollywood as, as stuff gets knowed, or I don't get to do the thing I want to do. And similar, Dungeons & Dragons is like, oh, I get to, it's like social, you get to be with your friends, and you yeah. get to create something collaboratively, which I like, um, but there's no expectation that it's anything more than what it is, which I, is one. You know, it's fun. I was just listening to a show where a guy was talking about how video games do that for him. Like yeah. certain types of video games, like Skyrim. Yep. Well, you know, you have that control over that. That makes sense to me. I think I would, I think probably I don't react that same way to video games because I, whenever I play video games, and I, I do occasionally, like I'm not a big video game person, but I do like to play them. But there's always an element of guilt that I'm doing it. 
because to me it feels so antisocial. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm married and now with a 10 month old child, so like I'm actively going. Yeah, you don't. I have could time. play with my baby, or <laughs> right, I right. could re-download Diablo three and play that for 10 hours. I mean, that's a tough call. Man. It was, well, I made the call last week. Obviously, with that specific, you know, which I decided. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming you stand by your choice. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing necromancer, it's pretty fun. A bunch of skeletons running around. I was just looking at Diablo three. Yeah, it's like a, a, multiple friends started playing it, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Diablo two is my favorite video game, computer game of all time. And I was like, in Diablo three, I was fine with. It. And then people were like, it's great on the Switch. It's great on the Switch. And I just like caved and I got it. I gotta get yeah. It's I, fun. It's been a pretty good week for me. I just uh, I beat a level in Beautiful Joe for the GameCube. I don't know okay. if you ever played I that game. That. Game's great, but it's hard as hell. Yeah, real sense of accomplishment. Even though I haven't beaten the game, I just yeah. beat a level. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I I do I get it. The antisocial thing. Yeah, I and that's it. one of the things that is fun to me, like about Dungeons and Dragons, which I never played as a kid. I wanted to play as a kid, but I was didn't have enough friends. Um, so <laughs> when did you get into it? Uh, in 2008, I was writing a script with um, my friends and guys I work with, Alex Berg and Todd Fassen, and it was Berg grew up playing it, and the script had D&D stuff to it, and we were like, well, we should learn how to play, because if only one of us knows how this game works, this is not going to work. Yeah. Um, so we bought, at that time, 4th edition, and we started playing. Um, the original group was like Berg, Todd, me, my wife, Deborah and uh clay larson uh and then we just like really liked it and that group kind of morphed uh and fifth edition came out and that was even more fun and super easy and there's a group i we play about every month in idm which is uh berg and and uh deborah and marissa strickland and jason green and justin michael and we all play and then i play with other people and it's very it's very satisfying to a be around other people and like create something (laughs) like that yeah Uh, but b have it be something that is like creative and collaborative uh with, with again like no one is going to like to no end yeah you know it's not be like to get on even improv something which is, is also calming for me but there's still always the element of well we are someone paid to see this uh you know like we got we really gotta do something and this is just right. like nope i'm we're just gonna fucking kill a bunch of gelatinous cubes i love that i've only played it once and i want to i I've had it like set up a couple of times and then friends move away. They yeah, get jobs. Hardest and, part. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Making everybody do it, but it's um, very fun. No, the closest I got growing up was X-Men Overpower. I don't know if you ever played that game. It rings a bell. It was a card game. Yes. In the style of yes. like a magic, but for Marvel. Yeah. As a kid, I desperately wanted to play. The main thing was I wanted to play the the 80s Marvel role-playing game. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. And I, I to the point where like I would buy some of the books and just read through them because I love Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. So like I would buy like wet, the webs, the Spider-Man dossier, uh, and I would read about all the characters yep. and like never got to play as a kid. And it was very satisfying a few years ago when like I just got it offline and like, let's play this. And yeah. with that same group of people, we just played the 80s game that I had like pined over if I had friends who would play with me, I would have played. And again, it's very fun and very dumb. And it's also, I wonder how fun I would have if it wasn't like with a bunch of comedians who are <laughs> exceptional improvisers. Like <laughs> right, that has right. to help my experience. <clears throat> For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we did, I never did D and I wanted that spider, that Marvel game, but it never came by. Yeah. Fun. And again, I had a lot of nerdy friends that wanted to do it. Yeah. Still do. My friend Tim just bought a house and he renovated his basement to make a D&D room downstairs. Great. Dream. So I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for talking about it, Alex. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to a very rich guy named Frank La, La, La Morcier. 
I think it's how you say it. I don't know. La Maurice. La Maurice. Yeah. Okay. La Maurice. Yeah. Well, maybe hang around, Alex. He'll okay. be here in a minute. Great. So thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, neighbors, Adam and Nate here to talk to you about Patreon. Now, this podcast is possible due to our Patreon patrons, and you can become one by going to patreon.com slash myneighborsaredead. Supporting the show on Patreon's easy. You pay what you can, and in return, you get My Neighbors Are Dead merch, behind-the-scenes info on how we make the show, a shout-out on future episodes, and more. You may be wondering what we use this money for. Well, we use it for things like production costs, website hosting, traveling for the show, and our monthly meds. We are both severely medicated sad but true now podcasting isn't cheap and we appreciate any help you can give if you'd like to see how you can help out the show go to patreon.com slash my neighbors are dead thanks for listening and now back to the show well thank you for doing this oh yeah well, my uh, I'm a little time crunch, but uh, oh, happy okay. to be here. Yep. Well, great. Well, we'll we'll try to make this quick and get okay. you out of here as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to Frank, um, I'm I have trouble with your last name. Yeah, La Maurice. La Maurice. Frank no La Maurice. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Uh, and you are the self-proclaimed, and it's true, the richest man in Derry. Yep. You know what? I'm not a braggart, but I don't mind saying that I'm the richest man in Derry, Maine. Um, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a businessman, um, and I've done well for myself. Uh, that's very impressive. Oh, thank. Well, yes, thank you very much. Um, well, I'm glad you found the place. Okay, and I don't want to get into your story. What sure. you're you're a self-made man. That's right. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my <clears throat> daddy ran a lobster boat. Um, and I didn't want to do that, and I thought. Well, I'll open some sort of business, uh, and you know, it just took off. One thing uh, led to another. Mm-hmm. Now uh, I'm doing mighty fine for myself, uh, and uh, so you know, there it is. And your business, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't mind me saying, you you exclusively or did you yeah, sell? I sell red balloons. Okay, uh, and everyone told me when I opened this store, I was like, you can't just open a store that just sells red balloons. Yeah. And well, you know what? Who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah, any you. Of, yeah, that's right. If any of them were still alive, boy, oh boy, uh, I'd point at them and I'd say, you doubted me, but there it is. Uh, I, I move uh, probably in dairy on a, on a good day, somewhere between ten to 15,000 balloons. Holy cow. And we have pretty peak years, you know? I'd say about every 27 years, we have a big, really big, <laughs> you know, we call them boom years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we'll just we'll just tear through those balloons, man. I will admit that you know wanting to open up a store that has just exclusively red balloons yep. could seem a little bizarre on paper, but mm-hmm. man, you really stuck to your guns. Yeah, people said the same thing about Starbucks. Like, well, who's going to spend that much money on just a cup of coffee? You can get yeah. it for ten cents, and then look at there everywhere now. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and we've tried to expand a little bit, but it seems to work best in dairy. You say you experience boom years every twenty-seven years yeah, or so. Right. Do you find it? I don't know. A little con- not convenient, but a coincidental that a lot of child murder goes along with your boom years of red balloons. And how do well, you feel about that? What happens to the red balloons after I sell them isn't my responsibility. Okay, <laughs> right. I sell the balloons. There's no law that says I can't sell red balloons to anyone who comes in. In fact, I think it's probably illegal for me to turn. If someone comes in just just because he's got skittering spider legs, I'm not going to say no. I can't sell your red balloon. He I deserves agree. the balloons. So what happens when it goes out there? How even to know they're my red balloons if they're floating around? That know? is true. I don't know what the balloon industry is like. Because I don't have a sign up saying like, hey, use these balloons to lure someone into the standpipe or whatever. I just sell red balloons for parties. Uh, Valentine's Day, February is always pretty big. 
Yeah, I imagine February does yeah. pretty well for you. Yeah, it's February and then uh, summers every 27 years. Those are our big times. Yeah, those are your boom, yeah. your boom years. Mm-hmm. Um, what is is the rest of you, what is the rest of the year like? Do you sell any at all, or do you kind of take those months off? Yeah, no, we're there. It's pretty slow. Uh, sometimes you know, kids just have uh, kids is wrong because there just aren't that many. But they're uh, like you know, birthday parties. Uh, we got lucky that the dairy high. Their colors are, are red and white. Oh, so, wow. uh, you know, when whenever they have enough to sort of like uh, marshal a homecoming or a graduation, that we're able to sort of supply one of those arches. Okay, you know, we don't do the white balloons, just the red ones, of course. But like that's something that we can do, and I'm very proud of this. You know, I'm supplying a service. Yeah, and people enjoy it, and you know, after that, my hands are clean. I sleep well at night, like a baby. Well, I imagine you sleep in a very nice bed as well, nice too, bed. being the richest man in dairy. That's right. Um, what is your experience like? I mean, I don't know how this works. Is Pennywise the clown? Ooh. I don't, I'm not going to tell you who my customers are. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't, okay. it's, well, there's a certain element of just respect for my customers and privacy where if someone, sure. I don't want people to have to come in here and be like, are people going to know I'm buying 10 to 15,000 red balloons? Uh, so it, you know, I can either confirm nor deny that 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 anyone by that name has bought balloons okay, from me. I totally respect that. Let's let's pretend that maybe a a clown of some sort sure. comes into your store. I, I don't mind saying that. Yeah, we've had a clown come in, and, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, you know, a spider creature, or a wolf man, a uh, little headless zombie boy, yeah, a uh, scary hobo. You know, and right? Like, I you know, could they all be the same uh, uh, eternal creature? Maybe, but also well, they might just be. Yeah, there's no way. So yeah. So so if a clown came in. Uh, I'm sorry. What was your question? No, I just want to say I admire your business model of, you know, you sell to anybody. Yeah, you right. do not discriminate. Yeah. And we got a great storefront, 15,000 square feet, uh, really beautiful, every size red balloon you could want from small to medium all the way up to large. And it's really, really nice. What is, what's an occasion that would call for a small red balloon? Any, I mean, what it, comes to mind if you have like somebody who's requesting a lot of those, what might you think that would I'll be? give you two. Okay. Um, one is like a first birthday, right? And you like, it's a little kid. So you want that there. Yeah. Uh, and another one that we run into a lot is baby funeral. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wow, uh, baby funeral, yeah. huh? A lot of times because you don't, you don't. The bigger the balloon at a baby funeral, the more you really think about how small that little casket is. <laughs> I, I didn't know that people bought balloons for baby funerals. No, they just float by. Oh, uh, yeah, they just tend to flight. Whoever buys them, they float by. Oh, so it's like the dove thing where you release the doves. Maybe? Yeah, and again, I don't know who released them. I don't know to what end. I just you know, but I'm happy to fulfill that need. It's the free market, and that's what's beautiful about it. And I think we can go on record as saying that you, in no way, are responsible, or you have any knowing knowledge of how those babies ended up at a baby funeral. That, yeah. Okay. So my yeah, my lawyer taught you first. That's right. I have no idea. Uh, and as you know, anyone who knows me knows. Uh, they, uh, either I accept no responsibility, nor do I acknowledge any foreknowledge of any use of red balloons right. for luring or, or scaring purposes. Uh, that's, you know, that's outside my wheelhouse. I think it's pretty great that you're able to navigate that. Well, you know what it is? It's, I, I, again, I see this as a joyful thing. Sure. People love balloons. You love to see a big bouquet of balloons. What's, you know, you think of like the the Muppet movie, right? Gonzo flies around in those balloons. Mm-hmm. In my mind, they should all be red, but I get it. Maybe they didn't have enough. I think that's a fun, yeah. wonderful thing. So you can't say just because sometimes bad things happen with red balloons, right? And, and you right. suddenly like there's a fridge filled with a kid that like that's all red balloons are before because gonzo's there too you mm-hmm. know, gonzo's floating around in that movie i love that movie yeah, so. that's a great movie 
it seems like your job can be kind of stressful. Right? Sometimes, Is it yeah. fair to say? What do you like to do to cut loose? I mean, you know, you're dealing with baby funerals all day and, mm-hmm. and dead kids and yeah. whatnot. So what do you do? What do you do for fun? Uh, well, you know, I got a boat that I love to take out. Uh, it's real nice. It's a cigarette yeah. boat. Just sort of wow. like take it out on the lake. And, and that's real nice. Uh, you know, and I've, I've got... Uh, I'm sure you know if you've ever been to Dare, you've seen the house. It's a big house, uh, and I love my mansion. I love to decorate it. Yeah. Uh, and I just love to plug up all the drains, make sure that there's nothing that goes down to the sewers there, and just really do a walk around the house and make sure that, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you ever worry that maybe, I mean, uh, do you think maybe your number might be up sometime? You're plugging up drains, and who knows what this. I'm fulfilling the service. Okay. Right? You get rid of me, suddenly you have to go like 10 different party cities to get enough red balloons. I've got all the red balloons. So, and again, uh, somewhere between one and millions of people buy my balloon. Sure. Um, and I'm using people loosely, but one of the things that I think is important here is if I weren't here, like where would these balloons come from? I agree. In in Derry, Maine, you know? Yeah. It, it, you, you go down Niebold Street, you get the red balloons everywhere. That's just going to change. It's going to change. That, that's how you gentrify a town. Right. First, you go like, well, I don't like the sharp-toothed clowns keep luring kids into the sewers and eating them, okay? Mm-hmm. You go, well, let's change that. And suddenly, you're tearing down all the places the sharp-toothed clown live, and suddenly now, you don't even have the 15,000-square-foot red balloon store, and what do you got? You just got that Starbucks, right? Right. You've just got a Hyatt. Yeah. But we don't need a Hyatt in dairy. What we need is real dairy character, mm-hmm. sort of, that can help us remember what this town is about, which is, yes, horrible violence, but also about the celebration of seeing all of one color balloons. I think, yeah. And I love your I Love Dairy balloons. I think those are great. Yes. Um, red on red. It's hard to read. You have it, to get close, but it, it's it's there. I But you're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. I like that you have something you're sticking to. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm curious, just getting to know you, because we've talked a lot about the business. Yeah. And I'd like to delve into a little more personal aspects. Do you, how do you feel about child murder? Oh, I don't like it. No? Um, I don't like it. Uh, you that's like asking, how do you feel about traffic? <laughs> you know, I got to oh, go. I hate it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I got to get into work. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, I'm not going to take a bus. Um, so it's just one of those, one of those things. You know, I, do, I wish war didn't exist. Um, but I understand that to protect our rights, we have to do some things that we don't necessarily like. And, right. And in a very similar situation, I wish that this... Uh, again, I don't want to say his name, so I'll just say I wish any fear demons didn't come and eat our children all the time. But also, you know, my house is so big, and I haven't paid it off. So I'm not, you know, what do you want me to do? Sounds like a necessary evil. Yeah, it's a necessary evil. And uh, do you yourself have any children? No. Oh no. goodness, no. no. No, I'm not a fool. That's <laughs> that's probably smart. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, you know, I mean, it, having a kid is a is a tough job, but also all the murder. Yeah. Know? And, you know, it is, it is like one of the main – there's a couple of hard things in this industry. One is just correctly estimating what you need in terms of inventory, right? Mm-hmm. Like because that's very, very hard. You have a run and suddenly you don't have enough red balloons. That's going to be hard. You're going to lose profits. Right. But you buy too many, then they're just sitting there. And, you know, the, the latex of the balloons does eat away. You, you have a 10-year-old balloon. That's not going to inflate right. It's not going right. to float properly it's not gonna go pop 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 at the exact right moment um but another issue is there is a like you have to have a mind for money because there's a cash flow sure. situation here. yeah and a lot of times what we get paid in are things um that are uh oh i guess like grizzly you have to find a way like well like how do you you know how, 
how do you turn a little boy's arm that's been paid to you into American currency, you know? Take me through that journey. Well, it's the whole thing. Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is, like, you know, my cousin is real good on the internet, and so he can show me how to use the dark web. And a lot of times people want to, it, it just in this case, and a lot of times people want new fingerprints. So if you were paid by anybody, it could just be a school teacher, by a little boy's arm, then you can sell that basically for parts. Uh, oh, okay. Get Bitcoin. Uh, and then that Bitcoin you can exchange for American money, and then you can use that to to pay off the mortgage. And it all started with a little boy's arm. That's, well, no, that's it all incredible. started when a meteor fell to Earth millennia ago, and then an ancient uh, evil awoke. And again, I don't want to say his name. It could be right. any ancient no, no. evil, but then he lived here in Derry, Maine, and fed off the fear of creatures and eventually humans. I, yeah, my apologies. I was just jumping to this yeah this particular transaction. Oh, yes. Then yes, yes. It Did, all started with a little wow, boy's that's arm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, maybe morally questionable, but I mean, if it I works, didn't cut it, it off. I didn't cut it off. You're just the middleman. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, think about. I, I assume you have some money in your pocket. You have no idea where that money's been, right? I bet that money's been used to buy some unsavory things. I bet it's been used for some immoral things. I don't see how this is any different. Uh, you know what? When you say like that, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, again, I, I'm not a fan of child murder, but if no. it, you know, if it's a necessary evil, yeah. Um. Anything going on at the store right now? Any you know, any events coming up? Maybe anybody stopping by, signings or anything or anything? Oh, like balloon signings? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we, I've, I've never really done that. It's a pretty good idea. I just don't know who would be. Joan Osborne? Makes sense. Joan Osborne? Yeah. Singer-songwriter? Are you thinking of Nina from 99 Luft Balloons? Is that who you're thinking of? I think that might be right. Joan Osborne did What If God Was One Of Us, and which is why I paused, because I was like, yeah, I mean, I'd be... I would fucking be psyched to have Joan Osborne come. I just don't see the connection to the red balloons, but I don't I mean, know. She's just the first. first yeah, I mean, look if you if you have a connection to Joan Osborne, I'd love to get her up here to Maine, have her sign some red balloons, maybe do a do a couple songs or even just the one, probably. But that would be that would be great. Uh, let me check and see if I have it. Yeah, if you have her number and you give it to me, that's fine. I mean, like I'll pay. I'm a very wealthy man. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to be dropping some coin to get Joan Osborne. Up yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love that song. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a great very song. Good song. Well, uh, Frank, thank you so much for coming by. If you're in Derry, Maine, uh, buy a red balloon from Frank. Yep, he'll take care of you. Absolutely, buy as many as you want. I've got plenty. <laughs> Thanks for listening. My neighbors are dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock. The show was produced by myself and Nate Dufort, with editing done by Nate Dufort. Original music was composed by Jesse Case, with additional music by Dane Halverson. Our artwork was done by Mark Nishan. Frank LaMaurice was played by Alex Fernie. You can catch Alex at the UCB Franklin every Thursday at 11 p.m. with the show Convoy. If you'd like to support My Neighbors Are Dead while getting unique swag and a look behind the scenes of how we make the show, go to patreon.com slash myneighborsaredead. No amount is too small and every bit helps. If you have yet to rate and review the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so now. It helps us grow and it helps new neighbors find the show. And you can find us on Facebook and at Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Stop by, give us a follow, and share your favorite episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everyone. This is Amy Albert, host of Mom, Get Your Shit Together from Campfire Media. Mom, Get Your Shit Together is a podcast about beauty and self-care just for moms. Just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you don't need to get your shit together. Am I right? You can download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.